my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are shining and thriving wherever you are. I'm sending you all the love and comfort and praise. I'm praising you. I'm celebrating you. I am sending you so much joy, and I hope that you receive it through the airwaves, and I hope you are having your best day and taking care of yourselves. So today's episode is going to be about grieving, being let down at our big events. So by big events, I mean things like weddings, graduations, birthday parties, anniversaries, funerals, even medical operations, any life-changing or traumatic situations, uh, you know, even natural disasters and just really needing support and to be rallied around at those types of things. Any, any big events that you have an expectation and it's not a strange expectation, it's not an abnormal one, it's just part of the general consensus that at these events, you should be surrounded by family, by friends, by people who are happy for you, by people who are celebrating you. But at those events, it's, it's, they're traumatic. Either people don't show up for you, they make it about them, they use it against you, uh, they purposely ruin it, they um, try to take control of it, they try to shame you for wanting to be celebrated, for wanting the focus to be on you, for you wanting to be seen, they require you to share the spotlight with them or someone else, if there's a favorite in the family, if there's someone who's a scapegoat, if you're the scapegoat, you know, there's so many different scenarios and it's this is this is a type of trauma that i don't think people focus on enough it kind of gets looped in with all the other smaller and bigger but the other daily ways that people can let us down so when we talk about how someone didn't show up for a birthday party or how they fought at a funeral or they uh, embarrassed you at a wedding or did something that was very hurtful to you People don't spend as much time focusing on how deeply wounding that is. And what I've seen from my work with other people, from my own personal work and my own personal experiences, that because of the weight that these types of things hold, birthday parties, graduations, uh, weddings, these are giant milestone events, the birth of children, the pain of having someone not show up in the way that you want them to is magnified. And not only is it magnified, because it's a big event, usually there's other eyes there. There are other people who may be either experiencing this with you, joining in with them, watching and feeling sorry for you, or um, not knowing how to fix it. And, And so, you know, shame comes up with this, um, embarrassment comes up with this, guilt, for those of us who take on the negative actions of people who are hurting us, for those of us who don't know how to separate what this person does has nothing to do with me, but more about them and their selfishness or their brokenness or their inability to show up for me, uh, we can take that on. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Attention to all my proud plant parents. It is time to give all of your plant babies the best nutrition you can, starting from the bottom up. And that starts with the best soil to help them grow happy, nourished, and strong. Coast of Maine is an organic soil brand that is approved for organic growing and has been sourced from ocean waters and farms for over 28 years. With a full range of products to support every garden and lawn, Coast of Maine products are made to restore roots to the natural world. If your soil lacks appropriate nutrients for success, 
By adding Cosamain products, it will help regenerate the healthy microbes on your soil and set you up for gardening success. And if you have a vegetable garden, not only do you benefit via an abundant harvest, but find that there is less need to maintain and feed throughout your season. Cosamain continually perfects the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and place that aspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Cosamain believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. The products are carried by tons of local retail partners who can provide advice and insight that is not found in the big box stores. Cosamain knows from beginner to expert, anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community for gardeners everywhere, which is why I love how they make organic gardening simple and approachable for everyone. So let's get growing. Visit CoastofMaine.com to find a local retailer near you. Coast of Maine, like the state with an E.com. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code HEAL10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with Black Girl Vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. So I wanted to have a, a full episode because I know I've alluded to this in previous episodes before when I talk about people letting you down in these ways. And I was looking through the archive to see if I had another episode that focused on this and I couldn't find one. So If I already have one, we're going to hear about it again. (laughs) And even if I did, even if I did, I would hope that this episode, this newer episode hits you right when you need it. Uh, Right now I'm recording this in mid-August. So this typically isn't the time of year where there are a lot of graduations, a lot of weddings, a lot of birthdays and things like that that are going on. And so maybe tuck this in if in case you need it. If you're someone who has been let down and hurt at any of these types of events before, I hope that this episode helps you find some resolve and some closure in it. So um, I'm going to do this in two different ways. I'm going to talk about working through the grief and sadness of this before the event happens. So you kind of already know what's up. You know how your family is. You know how your friends are. You know how um, how destructive or chaotic things can get or how they will disappear. Um, so you, you know that this is coming. So I'm going to give you some, some steps to take as you are preparing emotionally for this. Uh, one thing I want to be clear about is that you trying to ignore it and act like it doesn't, it's not going to hurt or you already, they've been abandoning you and hurting you your whole life. Just one more event is not going to really do anything, but it does. It absolutely does. Uh, because these mean something to you. They, they are heavy for a reason. And so even if you have been fortunate enough to create your own family of choice, your own um, different healthy friendships that are super supportive and celebratory. If there is a family member that you are estranged from, or if there is unfinished business in some way, it's, it's okay and it's normal if it crosses your mind. It's okay and it's normal if in the moment you don't feel it, but maybe a couple days later you do, or in hindsight you do. It, it, it doesn't 
It doesn't communicate weakness and it doesn't mean that you aren't mature mature or that you aren't healed or anything. It's just, it's human. When when we have these bonds, when we have these connections with people, it's not, it's not natural for there to be trauma that makes it so that it's not safe to be in regular connection with them. You know, for we, we may have to take those steps if we have a narcissistic parent or someone who's an addict and not seeking help or support or someone who's mentally, mentally ill and not wanting to get treatment or not get, getting help or any other reason why we may have to create distance. We may do it because we have to, but that doesn't mean that we may be happy about it. It doesn't mean that there's not a part of us that wishes it was different and that it didn't have to be that complicated. So long way of me saying, I would not encourage you to try to repress it and suppress it, but to look at it head on so that you can move through it and so that it won't linger. So I'm going to talk about how to prepare if you see some negative things could potentially happen around this. And then I'm going to talk about what to do if an event or events have already happened and uh, maybe you have already tried to talk about it. Maybe you have tried to put it out of your mind. I hope that, and but it's still there. Um, I hope that if that's the case for you, that this just um, validates and reinforces what you've already done. Maybe add something else to help you uh, to help you grieve and heal that. Um, and if nothing else, just to say I get it and I hear you, and it's okay for your feelings to be hurt. Okay, so before, so let's say you have a wedding that's coming up where you're you're in the wedding. If that wasn't clear before, you are getting married, you're getting partnered, you have a graduation that's coming, you have a big milestone, celebration, birthday, a big medical operation. Uh, and so it is, it is assumed by just general society that family and friends will be there, be supportive, be selfless, selfless, be kind and be encouraging and and patient with you because these are all, even though they may be really great things that are happening, uh, they are also very stressful. And you know, based on your family, that those may not be qualities that they have. So the first thing that I would encourage you to do is to prepare yourself with reasonable expectations of what they will or will not be able to give. So what by, by that, I mean, if these are people in your circle who typically make excuses, they promise that they're going to show up in a certain way, but then when it comes down to it, they never do. They blame other people. They um, Maybe they help, but they nickel and dime you financially, or they nickel and dime you um, energetically. That, so if they help you with something, then you owe them. Um, and that's just more stress. If they tend to be the type of people who come in and try to control and try to dominate and try to make it about them, being honest with yourself about who these people are. I think, and these people, that sounded kind of aggressive, um, who, who, they, who they are as people is a better way of saying that. Uh, something that I see that happens with my students and with just uh, people in general, when it comes to these big lifestyle life milestone events is there is a hope and there is a a desire and uh, um, an assumption that because this is such a special time moment uh, that it is something that obviously it should be clear that we need to put away all the games and all the other stuff to make space for what's about to happen they will show up differently that they will rise to the occasion and when we do that, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment. We're setting them up for disappointment. We're setting up the whole situation to for failure. And so it's best for you to see people exactly for where they are and what they're able to give and what they're able to contribute. Energy-wise, patience-wise, emotion-wise, um, focus-wise. If you have a narcissistic family member um, and you invite them to be a, a bridesmaid in your bridal party, then you need to look at the fact that this person struggles with narcissism or narcissistic tendencies. How is this going to affect my experience? What boundaries do I need to put in there? If for sure, even knowing that I still want him or her or them to be a part of this experience, or is there something else I need to do? Do I need to make them in charge of programs? Do I need to put them some other place to where they will not 
interfere and sabotage my day. If I know that I have a family member who's really great at decorating and doing things and showing up and they have a gift, but they are flaky, as much as I would want them to help me decorate for my birthday party and to celebrate this baby shower and to do whatever else, do I actually want to put them in charge of the decorations? Uh, I would love to, but is it wise? Is it setting myself up for um, for the best case scenario? And if not, you will need to grieve. This is why, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not even at the part where I'm talking about grieving, but I think it's going to be throughout all of these steps. You may have sadness that comes up. You may have a part of you that kind of bargains with it, which is a, a step of grief that bargains with, well, what if I say it this way? What if I make sure that I give them 10 million reminders and I show up and I parent them and I try to uh, structure it and I give a million to-do lists? If you really want to, you can do that and understand what can come with that. Either one or two things are going to happen. They're going to follow through because of what you're doing, but it's going to make your stress level a million times more. And it's going to be really, it's going to be harder to enjoy your day and your moment like you deserve to be doing. Um, if it's a medical procedure, that's, that stress on your blood pressure and all that is not going to be helpful for you uh, moving forward, you know, the birth of a child, all that stuff. So either it's going to go through or you're going to do all that work and they're still going to be who they are and find a way to, to disappoint. Okay. So set, prepare yourself with reasonable expectations of who they are. And then the part two of that number two is based on that information. Where do you want them? If you want them there at all, I, you know, I've advised some previous students before who have had graduations and they have toxic family members and uh, for anyone who's like, she's talking about me, I might be, but uh, I want y'all to know that this is so common. You are not the on only one, unfortunately. Family trauma, friendship trauma is, is, is so common and it's something that affects all of us. And again, the intention of this episode, we don't talk about it enough. Um, but going back to this example... Um, to show how you can adjust roles, sometimes we believe we have this belief that it's either all or nothing. We we are it's hard for us to be creative with solutions to these problems that happen when we're around people who are um, neglectful and or abusive or in anything in between in that spectrum. And so we think, okay, well they got to come to everything with the graduation. They got to come to the whole wedding. They have to be a part of every part, because if not, then it's going to look bad or they're going to be upset or uh, other people are going to say things. Y'all, they're going to say something anyways. If if you're at the place where you have to contemplate, how do I navigate and maneuver and, uh, you know, rig this up to where there's not as much fallout, you just need to prepare for fallout, period, because they're the type of people, uh, there I go with it, they... Yeah, they're the type of people. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to give any more disclaimers. <laughs> I'm not going to filter anymore. They're the type of people who you can set down, you know, a steak on a gold platter and they're going to be like, well, where's my relish? You know, where's, where's, where's everything else with it? They're always going to find something to complain about. So do not focus on trying to make these people happy. Focus on what's going to make you happy. And so for you to be happy, maybe they only come to the graduation ceremony, but they're not invited to the party. Maybe there is an after party and they only are invited to the official one and and then it's time for them to go. Maybe they get accidentally get a different time than everybody else gets for arrival and departure. You know, but you find out what is your tolerance, what is your threshold, what is it that you want them to do or not to do. And again, you get to decide how how it shows up for you. Uh, you this is advanced level boundaries, but if you are in a family system or a friendship system where one person is very toxic, they don't have to be invited. And I say that's advanced because you know they'll find out, and you will need to you will most likely need to talk with them about it, uh, not to explain yourself, but just just a part of communication if this is a person that you see all the time and saying why they weren't invited. Uh, that may not be everybody's cup of tea, but I, I want you to know you have permission to do whatever you need to to stay emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, spiritually safe 
especially at all times, but especially at these big moments and these big events that usually are once in a lifetime. The third thing in your preparation for this, after you have uh, been honest with yourself about who they are, what you are, what, what tolerance level you have, maybe you have a higher tolerance on some days, but for this, you're like, this needs to go as easy as possible for me. I deserve it. Uh, and then you adjust from there. You set roles from there. The third thing is to talk with friends ahead of time about this, to talk with them about what your plans are, why you're doing it. It's going to be really important to have emotional support, even if they adhere to the boundaries and everything goes in. Remember, like I said at the beginning, you know, there could be a part of you that wishes this wasn't the case, that wishes that you hadn't had to block and and no longer talk to this family member for the last 10 years. You haven't talked to them for 10 years. You're very content with that decision, but you wish that it didn't have to get to this place. So talking with friends, talking with your therapist about it um, and, and navigating that. If you do not have friends, if you do not have a therapist, journaling is a really great uh, tool to use to write out what's going on for you, what you're thinking and just free write. Don't try to write exactly the right perfect thing and prose so that if somebody read it, they'd be like, oh, this is so beautiful and moving. Write exactly what you need to write, even if it's writing a sentence 10 times saying, I'm so mad, I'm so mad, I'm so had, so mad. Let yourself get it out. If you are an audible, an audible, what's a, um, a verbal processor, uh, get a voice note out on your phone, a voice memo out on your phone and just talk out what it is you need to say. Get on video, pull a Beyonce, get your video diary on and just talk to the video and and have a conversation with yourself, but get out the pain that you're feeling and because it's, it's going to be really important so that you don't have all those emotions clouding your mind and clouding your heart as the days uh, approaches and gets closer. And um, it, another thing that you can do, which I've seen, you know, I mentioned it previous, even on the, in the text community episode, but there are, even though I don't have one, there are an abundance of free Facebook groups and group and group chat groups where people um, it's assumed and it's built for people to come and say, this is a negative experience I'm having. This is what's coming up. What do y'all think? So I would find those Facebook groups. I would find those social chat groups. I would kind of scope the scene first a little bit to see how toxic it is. If people are just wilding on people and no one's moderating it, um, or if it's positive vibes, if, if you're catching positive vibes, then that might be a good place for you to say, I have this, um, I have this big birthday party coming up in a few months and there's some people I want to invite and there's some people I don't because these people are toxic or or hurtful. What are y'all's thoughts? Um, What have y'all done whenever you've been feeling guilty, even when you know it's the right decision and just get support from other people. Uh, Don't underestimate the power of others just saying me too. Sometimes there's either no clear answer or there is an answer, but there's no way for it to happen without there being some hurt or animosity or blood on the ground on either side. And sometimes, in, and so in those cases, we can kind of feel defeated. But knowing that you're not the only person who's gone through this and will go through this can be the most um, encouraging and again, healing experience, because I feel like that's the core of so many of our traumas and the pain that we experience, thinking that we're the only one, thinking that our problems are so big or we're so such a bad person or um, no one's really, people are going to think that this is me being silly. It's not that big of a deal. I should be over it. No, 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 no. All of us are out here trying to figure out love, emotions, connections, and we all have really amazing days and we all may have some really tough situations and tough days as well. And so um, joining with other people is what the community part is what helps us get through it. So that's the before. Now let's talk about the after. So you've already had the event. The event just happened. Maybe it is that you thought everything was going to be okay, but then when when stuff went down, shit went sideways and you, you saw and experienced a lot of hurt and neglect, or maybe something happened uh, a while ago. And like I said, at the beginning, whenever it comes to mind, it's really hard for you. Um, I remember, I remember it took me years for me, my, my big event or one of the big events that was very hurtful for me was my wedding. 
And so for years, it uh, I could not watch wedding shows. I Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. I used to love watching wedding shows and like what people put together and everything. And it was just literally, it was too traumatic for me, even seeing previews of it. And I remember I tried to find, <laughs> I remember I tried to find even... Facebook groups or articles or something that talked about the trauma of weddings and when they go, when things go bad at forums, anything, Reddit, anything. And I could not find one thing that talked about it outside of like a preparation post or, or list that said, just be prepared for things to go wrong. It, they don't, no one was talking about what happens if your trauma is reenacted on this day. How do you cope? Because this event, not just weddings, but all these events, when you have family and just everybody's, the gang's all here. Everything is coming coming together. You have all of the current family dynamics just magnified times 10 and maybe even a focus on it. Uh, and so... If there is a family member, again, who may have been controlling, abusive, dominating or something on those days, they are most likely going to be that much more so or the same amount they always are. But it hurts even more when it happens. Same thing with someone who may be neglectful, someone who may abandon you, someone who may um, not follow through or be flaky. All the things I've already said before. And so. um, So, yeah, those are things that happen. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. So with that said, the first thing I want to say for you to consider and to use and to do is one, it's okay to be upset. It is okay to be upset. 
It is okay for you to be more than upset. It's okay for you to be pissed. It's okay for you to be rageful. It's okay for whatever height and volatility that your emotions get to for you to feel them. No sugarcoating. It's okay for you to feel that because uh, the theory of dialectical behavior therapy says that anger is an appropriate emotion. This is a type of therapy for those of us who may struggle with our emotions and either they go really numb or when we feel them, they're very explosive. And so this type of therapy teaches you how to build moderation around your emotions, to feel them without having them rule you, also without you repressing them. So with anger, it talks about anger is justified whenever you you or someone you love are... Um, in danger or when something is being taken from you. And I I would argue with my whole chest that in those moments, your ability to have peace, part of your um, emotional safety and identity is taken um, during those moments when that trauma is reenacted. Um, I think those moments when those happen, it just your inner little girl wounds and your inner child wounds are on full display, full display and ripped open and ripped open for you to see, ripped open for other people to see. So in my opinion, take this or leave this, high, high emotions make sense and they're valid uh, because you are not being protected. And if something like that happened to anybody else in your circle or just anyone else, period, you would probably be like, what the fuck is happening? So those types of emotions make sense for you too. So that's the first thing. Uh, the second thing I want to share um, that I want to suggest for you to do in these moments where you're needing to grieve what happened or didn't happen at whatever big event is coming to mind for you, uh, baby shower or whatever else, is it is not only after the anger and the rage, it's okay for you to feel hurt. And with those feelings of hurt, it is okay for you to feel as if you cannot trust them as much. I think I think when these events happen, there's so many different ways that people can go, but I'm going to speak specifically to those of us who are still working on finding that balance between what what are the right emotions for me to have? What do I have permission to feel? How do I know when I am being too sensitive, if that even exists, or when I'm not being sensitive enough and I might be kind of blocking uh, the emotions that I need to feel? And with that said, I think the the quickness that people are forgiven or not forgiven is always comes up. I will see people who something really, really disgusting and despicable happen to where it it makes sense for there for someone to take a beat to process the depth of what just occurred before they're like, it's okay, I understand, I forgive you, and, and move on. The fact that they are so quick to just say, Oh, don't worry about it is an an internal red flag because it means that you really don't have a true threshold and standard and limit for what how people need to treat you that there are some things that are like that warrant the pause uh i talked in a previous episode that forgiveness is hard and there are some things that some people will struggle to forgive we know that forgiveness is something that is um, healthy and beneficial for you as a person is always going to be better for your physical health, if not your mental health. And for some of us, we need to feel what we need to feel as long as we need to feel it um, because we deserve to, <laughs> because we have a right to. So oh, that's a long way of me saying sometimes it's okay for you to not give forgiveness immediately. I think for some of y'all, some of us, but I'm going to say some of some of y'all, uh, is not that you will never be someone who immediately forgives. I think I think some really healthy people are the type who can kind of assess what's happened and offer immediate forgiveness. And that might be part of your gifting. But I think if you have lived so much of your life without saying, oh my God, that hurt. And I don't like that. And always 
thinking of other people and their emotions before even considering yourself and that you are also a person and you also have a heart and you also deserve to be respected and honored and cherished and you just ignore yourself as um, as deserving of that attention and that protection, then I think I think you probably would benefit from going through a period of you feeling these emotions fully before you're so quick to try to toss them aside or push them down. And so with that hurt, it's okay for you to to lose some trust sometimes. Sometimes people do things without even realizing they're doing it and it's not intentional. Sometimes they do things without realizing it and it's not intentional and you know it wasn't purposeful, but the level of the impact of the discretion that they did is so egregious and just plain wrong that it warrants them needing to work to regain trust or at least for there to be a pause for you to evaluate, can I let this person be in my life knowing or be in my life at this level? So not for you to cut them off um, unless it's so bad that maybe you need to, but can I allow this person to be in my life at the level that they are within my circle, um, knowing that this may be something that's not on their radar. Because again, even when you tell people what you need, that doesn't mean that they're going to show up for you the way that you need them to, especially if it's something that they don't know how to do, they don't want to do, um, that's scary for them to do. When we talk about intimacy and connection and putting others first, uh, it is, or considering other people, is not as easy when when you are used to doing relationships in a dysfunctional way and being self-absorbent in in a lot of ways, learning how to share that and learning uh, what the balance is, is hard for all of us. Um, It's hard for you no matter what spectrum you're on, whether or not you're codependent and you're trying to learn how to consider yourself. That is scary. That is painful in a lot of ways. That is new and foreign. And if you're someone who's always considered yourself, um, either because you struggle with selfishness or you learn that you had to focus on just you because of how your life and trauma has made you super um, independent and resilient and me first. Once you meet people that you actually want to share life with and, and communicate with and build with, it doesn't automatically turn on you learning how to consider them. That is something you have to learn and it's and it's stretching and it's also scary and uh, resentment can come up because it triggers your trauma. It's just, it's, it's work no matter where you are. It's work for all of us. But you get to decide whether or not they deserve to be there. They don't, they don't, they don't get to be there just because y'all are related by blood, because y'all have known each other for a long time. Y'all got history. Even, even if you made a commitment to be together long term, if, if you are being hurt and if you are being let down all of the time, no matter what you do and communicate, it's okay for that relationship to be reevaluated, which leads to number three. After the big event, after the big thing has happened and you're reflecting on it, uh, I really want to encourage you to tell them how you feel. You telling them how to fe- how you feel is not because you are necessarily, excuse me, um, not because you're necessarily trying to get revenge or tell them off or you're trying to change them. When we communicate, that is a form of us showing up for our inner little girl, showing up for the ways that we may have been disrespected, asking for what we need. You may need time and space to do it. You may you may have already evaluated all this on your own and have decided that you're just going to adjust the relationship on your own and you don't really want to talk to them. That may be the case, but I would still encourage you to talk to someone about what just happened. Whatever just happened that made you want to reevaluate this relationship, was so strong to where that was needed to be done. So maybe processing this letdown, this disappointment, this hurt, this wounding with a friend, a loved one, uh, your therapist, your journal, (laughs) you know, all the things I've already said would be really beneficial for you so that you can fully cleanse yourself of it, get their feedback, get their validation and let it go. It's also really good to have that mirror because 
you know, I'm talking as if we have complete clear, clear glasses, that we don't have any blinders, that we don't have any biases. And there could be some things that we feel very strongly about that when we bounce it off someone else, they give us an alternative perspective where they can validate what we're feeling, but also provide another thing to consider. And so maybe with that, we're like, oh, okay, I get it. Or this wasn't intentional, or they weren't trying to hurt me, or this isn't as bad as I thought it was. And it helps you learn how to modify your expectations that may be based on trauma. So for example, if I am I know I know I never talk about attachment specifically here, but let's say I'm someone who's anxiously attached. So I'm very prone and sensitive to any kind of threat of being rejected, hurt, people not liking me, people being mad at me. And something happens to where I totally read the situation as if they were upset with me and they did something intentionally and that showed that reflected how they didn't show up for me. And then I talk with a friend who's not connected to this. And I talk to a friend about the scenario and they validate my feelings, but then they also point out, well, it sounds like this is also what happened and that they told you this and that they actually did try to show up for you in this way. And they did try to make all these preparations to be there for you, even though they couldn't be physically present. And they point out all of this stuff that point to the fact that maybe this person was intentionally trying to do the best that they could with what they were given Maybe you have to learn how to readjust how you see things in your own perspective, but you're not going to know any of this when you're making all these decisions in your head. That's why even in my coaching program, you know, there are some women who come in and kind of lurk and and do the program on their own and and do all their work. But I, I really strongly emphasize coming to our group calls, talking with me about what's going on, because because we are all limited by our own perspective. Even me who does this all the time right now, you know, I have a friend phone date scheduled with a girlfriend because I'm like, girl, let let me know if what I'm thinking is makes sense. And I fully know she's going to tell me the truth. I know she's going to validate me because she loves me and she's so supportive and loving. And I know if there's another consideration, she's going to tell me that as well. And we all need those types of relationships and people who who will stretch us in that way, who who aren't immediately everybody else is wrong and you're right and also don't use those opportunities to shit on us and make us feel dumb and make us feel like we're too needy we we need people who always 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 are in our corner but that doesn't make them enablers so um so yes Share your feelings is my point for number three, whether or not it's with the person or yourself. If you're sharing it with the person directly, you're sharing it because it's important for you to express how you felt with what they did or did not do, not because you're trying to force an apology or force them to to change. It would be great if they did. But if you go in knowing wanting that to happen, you're going in with uh, the potential to be let down. Okay. So with that said, their response, if you do share this with someone, is going to tell you a lot. Um, Maybe they will say, I'm sorry. Maybe they will just look at you, which absolutely happened in part of my experiences where I share what happened. And, you know, the person or persons did not really have an emotional response to this and felt really justified with what they did or didn't do. So I had to store that as information and go from there with levels of trust and um, where I let them in or did not let them in. Um, Fighting with people, trying to convince people to care about you is a losing battle. Uh, If they do not care enough about you to even fake it, (laughs) they're, they're, they're telling you, they're, they're showing you exactly what they're capable of. And so you deserve to be in relationships where you don't have to fight for people to care about you or to even have any kind of remorse uh, or find the middle ground. Because, again, there's so many variety. There's so many scenarios in this world. It's just impossible to cover them all in this podcast. But there can absolutely be scenarios where someone let you down and the way they let they down, the way they let you down or the reason they let you down there are some other details and circumstances where they maybe they felt they needed to protect themselves. Maybe y'all have been in a mutually 
toxic or codependent or really complicated relationship. And then this event came up, the graduation came up, the baby shower came up, the wedding came up, and both of y'all tried to put these unresolved feelings to the side, but be whatever doesn't get healed gets revealed. And so it came up. And so maybe this is an opportunity that y'all need to mutually fully talk these things out. And and those those scenarios happen, but depending on their response, you need to you need to look at it, see how open they are, see how available they are, and same thing with the previous steps. Where do they need to go in my trust level? Where do they need to go in my inner circle level? And then next up is to make the shift, whatever it may be, make the movement, and then mourn it. Uh, again, all of these things come with emotional charge. Even if it ends up okay, even if you process what happens, you share with the person, um, they are apologetic, y'all hug, y'all kiss, y'all, y'all bring it all back together. There's still emotional stress that comes into this. There's still fear of rejection. There is nervousness in saying it. There's the waiting with actually waiting for their response and um, what they're thinking, which by the way, don't do this over text. Uh, I feel like I should probably do this PSA a jillion times. Don't do emotional conversations over text. If you're ever writing something to someone and you are hitting more than four sentences, it needs to be a phone call. It just needs to be. Anytime I've broken this my own rule, there's always shit that comes from it. <laughs> Whether it's an email or a text, there's some kind of misunderstanding. And I look back and I'm like, I should have called. I should have called. Or they should have called. Um... It, or talking about it face-to-face if y'all are in person. Please take that advice if you really want to move forward because there's so many ways for that to go left. People can't hear your tone of voice. If you're already sharing something emotional and they leave you on red, if, even if they don't leave you on red, but they need to take time to figure out how they want to respond and you're sitting there for six hours making up all these scenarios in your head about what they actually think and what they feel. So when they finally respond, you're pissed off, even if they're trying to respond in love. Girl, pick up the phone, have the conversation. And if you're if you get stage fright, write it out in the form of a letter. And when you are in front of them, ask if you could read it to them. And, and just so you don't have to think, but talk to them. Okay. Um, but same, going back just to the title of this episode, grieving it, grieving the fact that even though, even no matter what happens with these people or doesn't happen with these people, after the event happened, there can be a whole lot of sadness and regret and anger that this this moment or these moments that should have been about you can feel like it was taken from you. And so going through the sadness, uh, the bargaining, the what ifs, what if I told them to come? What if I didn't tell them to come? What if I had this conversation with them ahead of time to set boundaries and expectations? What if it would have gone differently? What if this, what if that? That's the bargaining phase. Sadness phase is self-explanatory. Anger and rage is another part of the uh, grieving process and acceptance is also um, a part uh, making making meaning from what happened and you're allowed to feel whatever you need to feel as long as you need to feel it but the only way for you to get through it is to actually go through it Um, ignoring it and not bringing it up is not going to help you move forward Um, even if it's out of sight out of mind the next time there's an event like this uh, it it will trigger those thoughts and those emotions and those feelings. And so hopefully this is helpful for anyone who may need this now or may need it in the future. Uh, it's always sad when these things happen, but I just want you to know that it's not your fault. You, you deserve to be celebrated. You deserve to be seen. You deserve to have moments that are just about you and that you don't owe anybody for it. Uh, they're not doing you a favor to show up for you. Love is free. Love is free. Love should not come with all these stipulations and buybacks and all this other stuff that comes with it. Uh, love should be mutual. Um, 
where you are giving and they are also giving. That there are times when one person holds a little bit more of it and there are times that you hold a little bit more, but that y'all are both reciprocal in how you meet to try to show up for each other. That is what healthy love and connection can look like. And so I just want to present that to you uh, in whatever form you need it today. So I'm sending you all so much love, so much kindness, so much joy. And uh, because because it's coming up, I just want to have one more quick reminder that we are hosting our last open house, my last open house for the recovery school before I close coaching it live. And this is going to be my last time teaching it. So I would love for you to join me if you've ever wanted to work together, if you if you wanted to have access to me to answer questions, to get inside of how I help people work through the things that I talk about on this podcast, I would love for I would love the opportunity to be your coach. And so our open house is on Tuesday, August 30th at 6.30 p.m. CST. I'm going to be going over the whole program, the structure, what I teach, how I help people who the program is for, who is not for, the cost, the payment plans, all the stuff um, will be going on then and it's going to be live. So you'll be able to ask me questions if there's anything that I don't cover in the enrollment open house. And we're having it on that night because it is for our September, September cohort, which will be the last cohort. So if you haven't signed up, now's your chance. Blackgirlsheal.org slash open house and you can save your seat. So That is it for today, y'all. Again, sending you so much love. And as always, I do hope that you take care of yourselves. See you in the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton and adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.